And what a great privilege it is to be with our Grace Covenant family on this glorious day as we celebrate a risen Savior. You know, here at Grace Covenant, we have a tradition. Every Easter, I make the proclamation, He is risen. And as as congregation, you say He is risen indeed. Well, obviously, we're not gathering physically this morning, so that's not possible. But we can do this electronically. So as I say He is risen, there on the chat line, why don't you type in, He is risen indeed. Are you ready? He is risen. He's risen indeed. Thank you for helping me out with that. What a great truth for us to declare today, especially in the midst of the present challenges we're facing with COVID-19. Today, we're reminded that our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in some institution. Our hope is not in the plans of this world. Our hope is in this, the fact that Jesus Christ got up on the third day. It's this day that's forever changed the course of humanity. Your resurrection means this, that what was dead is alive again. It means that in the midst of loss and pain, there's hope. We have hope in the challenge of life because we know the one who's defeated death is like present working on our behalf for our good. We have hope in the unknowns of life because we know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. We have hope even in death because Jesus has made eternal life possible. All of this, all of this is possible because of the resurrection. You know, one of our Early founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, a a great man, nevertheless, he he could not embrace the miraculous elements of the Bible. So interesting, he actually added in his own Bible, removing everything that had to do with miracles, the miraculous, and he kind of kept all of the moral teachings of Jesus. And the closing words of Jefferson's Bible are these, there laid they Jesus and rode a great stone at the mouth of the sepulcher and departed. Well, thank God, that's not the way the story really ends. On the third day, Jesus arose just as he said he would. You know, it's interesting. Every religion in the world has a founder. Islam refers to Muhammad, and the Mormons refers to Joseph Smith. The Jehovah Witnesses refers to Charles Russell. And obviously, as Christians, we we refer to Jesus Christ. Every single founder I mentioned has died. And all are still dead except one being Jesus Christ. You know, you can visit the graves of the, of the other men. You can go to their graveside. But when you go to Jerusalem, the place that Jesus was laid, you'll find this, that the tomb is empty. Even though the tomb was sealed for the sake of security and a group of soldiers was placed there to guard the tomb, they could not keep Jesus in the grave. On the third day, he arose victoriously. But as we looked at John's account of the crucifixion, the disciples are struggling. Like, how could Jesus be dead? Like, they have all kinds of questions. What about the kingdom he said he was going to establish? But why didn't Jesus use his power, like, to overthrow the Roman soldiers who crucified him? I mean, they had had seen Jesus do miracles. They'd seen him walk on water. They'd seen him take, like, a a little boy's lunch and turn it into a meal to feed 5,000 people. They'd seen Jesus open blind eyes, even raise the dead. Why would he allow himself to be crucified? You know, death. Death appeared to be the end for the disciples. That's what they thought. I mean, that's what we think as well. I mean, when, when someone dies, we, we have a celebration of life service, and we take their lifeless body out to the graveyard. We put them six feet under, and we, we come back to the church, eat fried chicken and potato salad, and we talk about their lives. I mean, we think like death is the end. But death was not the end for Jesus. It was actually the beginning. As the grave was robbed, he, as he arose victorious, bringing redemption, life, and hope for humanity. The resurrection is proof that Jesus has paid the debt that he undertook to pay on our behalf. He's won the battle. 
that he fought to deliver us from hell. And he is accepted as a guarantee, as our, as our substitute by our Heavenly Father. See, Jesus did resurrect, just as he said he would. But more than getting out of the grave, Jesus is resurrection. You know, there's another miracle recorded in John chapter 11. Lazarus, Jesus' good friend, has died. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, they're in deep grief and sorrow. And Jesus steps into this crisis and actually turns it to an opportunity. Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave like he's been dead for four days. He calls him out of the grave. And in that, Jesus makes this proclamation. In the midst of the miracle, Jesus makes this statement, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he he dies. So the miracle of Lazarus being raised out of the grave was a foreshadowing of Jesus' own resurrection. But more significant than that is the statement that Jesus makes, not just that he was going to be resurrected, but that he is resurrection. And today that means this for us. He takes places and things that are dead and and he revives them. He takes places that are hopeless and he brings hope. He takes people who are spiritually dead and brings spiritual life. That's what the disciples discovered as they went to the empty tomb. And so I want us to read this story as recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Early on in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, which would have been John, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. When this story, we discovered that Mary Magdalene rose early in the morning and she, she gathered some of her friends. The Gospel of Mark records this. There was Mary, the mother of James, and there was Salome, and they go, they're going to the tomb. They have uh, some anointing spices to anoint the body of Jesus. They were going to honor Jesus in his death as best they could. They went expecting to find a sealed tomb. They went expecting to find Jesus' lifeless body. They, they went expecting to be able to honor Jesus in some small way in his death. But when they arrived, they were shocked to find that the tomb was empty. The stone had been rolled away. The body of Jesus was not there. This was their first encounter with a great reversal. You know, stories with great reversal make the best tales, don't they? I mean, we love stories of great reversals. We we cheer for the high school nerd who gets the girl while the popular jock is left in the dust. We we cheer for the underdog sports team that doesn't have a chance against the the local powerhouse, yet somehow they win. There's a there's a reversal. We we love stories in which there seems to be no hope. But then there's a great turnaround. Well, that's what the resurrection of Jesus was. The resurrection was the great reversal from death to life. Jesus as the resurrection makes possible a great reversal today for our own lives. More than just being resurrected, Jesus is the resurrection who can bring a turnaround in our lives and in our situations. That's why resurrection brings hope for mankind. We see all of this playing out in the resurrection story as recorded by John, who would have been an eyewitness to the miracle of the resurrection. More than just an event to be celebrated. 
More than just something we look back to history and say, well, it happened then. Because Jesus' resurrection, there's ongoing power of the resurrection for our lives today. Just as there was a great reversal that happened some 2,000 years ago, so there can be a great reversal in your life today. Here's what the resurrection tells us today. What was doesn't have to define what is. Let me make that statement again. What was doesn't have to define what is because of the resurrection. There can be a reversal. Listen, your past, no matter what it was, no matter what you did, does not have to limit your future. It doesn't have to hold you captive. Listen, you can be forgiven. You can have your slate wiped clean. Here's the good news of the resurrection. What was doesn't have to define what is in your life. You can move beyond your past to experience a better future. You can move beyond your past to experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ has for you. You know, as Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John went to the tomb, they expected to find what was being the the body of Jesus, yet what they found was a an empty tomb. They were surprised by the reality of what is being the resurrection. They were surprised to find an empty tomb with nothing left but some grave clothes. They had a first-hand encounter with a great reversal. Listen, today you can have the same experience in your life. And the good news of the resurrection is that your was doesn't have to define what is. You can have your past forgiven and discover a new beginning and a new life through Jesus Christ. This, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 verse 25 wrote these words. He was delivered over to death, speaking of Jesus for our sins, and was raised alive for our justification. He was raised alive that our was doesn't have to define what is. Today you can discover new life and a new beginning in Christ. That's what Peter experienced following the resurrection. Growing up, my brother Andrew was always telling me, think before you speak. The other day, Jesus was talking to us about his death. Immediately, I interrupted him and I tried to correct him. But he rebuked me. I didn't understand. I was speaking out of my love for him. I didn't want him to die. After celebrating the Passover, we all walked to the garden and Jesus told us that we were all going to desert him. And immediately, I spoke up. And I said, if everybody leaves you, I won't. I will never, ever leave your side. But he looked at me. And he said something to me that, that I thought was impossible. He told me that I, that I would deny him. And not once, but three times before morning. I mean, I'm the only one who followed him out on the water. After several hours of praying in the garden, Jesus abruptly woke us and announced that his betrayer had come. And there was Judas. walked over to Jesus and he kissed him and then immediately they grabbed him I'm ashamed to say that at that moment we all left him after running I, I felt remorse and so I decided to follow at a distance and I only got as close as I dared but over the next few hours, I did what I thought was impossible. 
I denied Jesus. Peter, the rock, the, the, the strong and passionate disciple. I denied him. I denied even knowing him. And then Jesus suffered him. And my dreams have died with me. That's not where the story ended for Peter. In that moment, he felt like a complete failure, filled with deep regret and remorse. But in just a few days, the impossible happened. Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection reversed everything. Peter would become one of the boldest apostles and the leader of the early church. He was the first one to preach on the day of Pentecost after the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he was the first one to proclaim Christ to a Gentile. The broken and lowly fisherman became a mighty fisher of men. Peter experienced a great reversal. And, and here's the good news today. You can as well. Your was doesn't have to define what is. That's what the resurrection provides for us today. Listen, Jesus Christ did not come into the world to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He came to turn what was into a life that can be totally transformed and redirected. Here's the second promise and provision of the resurrection. What is doesn't have to limit what could be. Let me say it again. What is doesn't have to limit what could be. Because of the resurrection, the fact that salvation is available to all who would choose and believe and who would choose to receive and believe Jesus Christ as their Savior, we can live every day naturally supernatural. Listen, we no longer have to live within the confines of our human limitations because of this reality. We have the presence of Christ in us. And as we're processing life, we have not only the help of a risen Savior, but we have the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember, listen to what Jesus said in John 14, verse 23. He says, If anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. Wow, did, did you catch that? Because of the resurrection, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has chosen to make their dwelling with you. So that means, again, wherever you go, whatever you do, you have that of God active working in your life. Listen, this is what John experienced after the resurrection. In John chapter 20, verse 8, the Scripture says, Finally, the other disciple, being John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. And the scripture says that he saw and believed. What's interesting in the Greek text, that word saw, the Greek word there is idon, and it's actually a seeing that's connected to conviction. It's a seeing that brings believing. As John saw and believed, it opened his life to a whole new reality. And here was a new reality. John had the privilege of doing life in Christ. He following the resurrection, John also became a key leader in the early church. If you're reading the book of Acts, he performed several miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he challenged the religious leaders of the day. He even penned four of the books of the Bible that we have today, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. For John, what is didn't have to limit what, what could be. He discovered not only a new life in Christ, but also the power to do that life with. For those who choose to believe in the resurrected Jesus, and we have the privilege of doing life with Christ. Every day we get to process life with the presence and the power of Jesus. In John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, 
and will even do greater things. So here's the promise for those who choose to believe in a risen Savior. We get to do life with Christ. We have his help. We have his provision. We have his power. Therefore, what is doesn't have to limit what could be. You can live naturally supernatural through the power and the provision of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you today, friend, live in the power of the resurrection. Live in the power of the resurrected Savior. Here's the final promise and provision of the great reversal, the resurrection, is what will be is better than what is now. What will be is better than what is now. The resurrection gives us hope, hope in our present challenges, hope in that someday when our lives end on this earth, we'll be with Jesus in heaven. It's interesting in John chapter 20, verse 31, we find these words that John wrote. But these are written, these truths, these miracles of Jesus, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. And more than just resurrecting, Jesus is the resurrection. And he's opened the way both to abundant life and eternal life. In John chapter 3, verse 16, we find these words, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life. And then in John chapter 11, as Jesus confronts the reality of death, the death of Lazarus, and he calls this man out of the grave that's been dead for like four days, we find Jesus making this statement. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Within this bold proclamation, Jesus was, was declaring that what will be is better than what is now. Because Jesus' resurrection, he's made his power available to us. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave, working for our good today. That was certainly true for Michelle Ha, who has experienced the power of our resurrected Savior. I want you to listen as she tells her own story. So my name is Michelle Hall, and I was diagnosed with stage 3 ovarian cancer the day before my 45th birthday back in September. That was a phone call from my doctor that would forever change my life. Just in panic over that and, and uh, waking up in the middle of the night to my daughter crying because she was afraid she was going to lose me. That was where my heart really started to sink. Um, how could, you know... Um, I leave my kids. There was still so much that I wanted to teach them and so much that I wanted to show them and I wanted to be there for graduations and marriages and children, you know, um, grandchildren. Just trying to walk day by day and hearing the enemy um, tell me that it was over. That was, that was really, really hard. Um, I had to grasp on something. I felt like I was in a pit and just grasping and trying to climb out, and I just kept slipping and falling. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God said that he came to give life abundantly. So when God carried that within himself, and he was beaten and bruised and pierced beyond recognition so that I could be made healed, healthy, and whole, and when he took that up to the cross and, and died, he was victorious. God started to turn the situation, all the things that I thought were dead, all the things that I were lost, he started to turn it into good. So what was meant for harm, God is now turning into good. He's turning it into a blessing. You know, th throughout, the, throughout the treatment, uh, they would just say, you don't look like a person who has been on chemo. I didn't know any better. You know, you would 
I would say you were healthy, and I would always say I am healthy. Um, I, I God, you know, healed me, and they would just kind of look at me, and I'm not sure if they were buying into what I was saying or not. When it finally came to when I was done with the chemo, and I went to go get the CT scan. I said, do you see anything on there? And she said, well, I'm not the doctor, but I can, I'll look. I don't think I saw anything. And I said, I, I know you're not going to see anything. I just, I just, you know, would like to hear it. And she said, I don't see anything. And then sure enough, when I went to go see the doctor, he said, there's nothing there. I uh, realized all of a sudden that things that were dead, God was bringing back to life. Old relationships, dreams, um, they were all coming back to life. And, you know, friendships were found again that were lost. And all of a sudden, I felt like I had purpose because before it was such a mundane life of just going to work and and just going through all of it. Um, and now uh, I feel like I, he has a purpose for me and whichever way he wants to work through me, um, it will be for the saving of many lives. And so I just hang on to that. You know, I feel like um, he's called me by name and I'm his. Wow, what a story of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. I love the line in Michelle's story where she made this statement, what was dead was coming to life again. Listen, that can be true for your life today. You can experience the great reversal. Listen, you have to know that measured against eternity, our time on earth is like just a blink of an eye, but the consequences of it will last forever. That's why I say the most important decision for any you'll ever make is what you do with Jesus Christ. And here's the critical question. Are you ready for the next life? You know, the reality is one day your heart's going to stop beating and you're going to die. Listen, the reality is, is everyone dies. The statistics are in 100% of people die. And so the question is, what do you, what's going to happen after you die? Will you experience eternal life or eternal death? It hinges on what you do with Jesus Christ. You can either accept Christ or you can reject Christ. To reject Christ means that you're separated from God for all eternity and you're in a place that's not going to be very comfortable. But to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior means this, that you get to spend eternity with God in a place called heaven. Because in the resurrection is a proven biblical and historical fact, but it'll only change you in your eternity if you choose to believe and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Listen, Jesus has made his move. He got up on the third day. He's made possible the great reversal. Friend, today, it's your move. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now to experience the great reversal in your life. Listen, what is doesn't have to determine what, what could be in your life. Then what I know, God loves you outrageously. He's got a great plan for your life. But listen, friend, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior to experience the abundant life, the eternal life that God has for you. So if you've not made that decision, I want to invite you right now to make the most critical decision you'll ever make to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's as simple as saying this, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. If you want to make that decision, I want to pray with you right now. If you would just repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for getting up from the grave on the third day. Thank you for making a great reversal possible for my life. Today I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. It's my desire to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the resurrection. And thank you for the life that you've given me. Amen. 
And then if you prayed that prayer right now, first I want to celebrate with you that you've experienced the great reversal in your own life. Not only will it change your life, but again, friend, it's going to change your eternity. That's the good news today. But if you made a decision for Christ, I would ask you that you would click on the slide just below. Let us know that you made that decision. We want to follow up with you. We want to support you in your faith journey. If you're watching Facebook Live, all you need to do is type in the word yes, and we'll be following up with you. Thanks for joining us here on this Resurrection Sunday. May you live in the power of a resurrected Savior. God bless you. Have a great day.